morning, it's a new year, so happy new year, church. And we start over again, right? We get this opportunity to, to sort of hit the reset button, as I said, but it, it's all figurative, right? We, we've invented time. God doesn't know what time, and, and he doesn't know, he's not bound by time. And so, new year, new sermon series, right? That's, I know what you associate with new years. New sermon series. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, forgiveness in this next sermon series. And we have a chance in 2021, in many ways, uh, I heard this today, this is the only time that hindsight actually is 2020. And there's no one here to laugh at my jokes. I wish we had a, like a laugh track or something. I, I pray that you're laughing at home. I know there's there's four or five people that are laughing. Um, but that's the, that, these are the jokes. And if you're not laughing now, it's going to be a long two to three hours. But this 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 idea that that there's forgiveness in the sermon series, I've entitled it 2021. Let it go. Let it go. And we're going to it's going to be a series on forgiveness and on on letting some things go. And, and I know things are are hard to let go of. Right. Things are things are sometimes hard to let go of. If you've ever had a family member who who is maybe moving or up in age and they're kind of going to maybe to smaller accommodations and they just don't need as much space. And if you've ever, well, if you own a pickup truck, you've been involved in some of this. But people that that have moved, right? They they are downsizing, and you go and you open that garage, and there's anything but a car in there. And and you say, oh boy, there's some things here you really just need to let go. And as hard as that is for some people. There are some things in our lives that we really just need to, to let go. So we, 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 we say, let it go. We're going to be looking at the story of, of Joseph in the Bible. And, and we're going to jump in at Genesis chapter 41 uh, and verse 51. And then we'll backtrack a little bit and, uh, and explain. So hang in there with me. It's going to be a bit of a journey. So here we go. Genesis uh, chapter 41, beginning in verse 51. Uh, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. And he said, it's because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. God made me forget. Verse 52, in the second son, he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land. Made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Let me just stop there for a second and say, you know what? I want to be a God-made man. I want, I want, I want God, God to make me. I want God made me. I don't want to be self-made. I don't want to be power-made. Uh, I don't want to be ego-made. I want to be God-made. God made me, Joseph said. You know, what a testimony. What a testimony for your family. God made us. What a testimony for your future. What a testimony for your business, for your career. God made me, Joseph said, and God made me to forget, and God made me fruitful. I want to have such a relationship with God that I can look back at my life and say, you know what? God made that. God provided that. God made me forget. God made me fruitful. And one chapter over, and I want to skip over to this and then go back and explain it. Uh, Genesis chapter 42 and verse 9. And Joseph remembered 
his dream. And Joseph remembered his dream. I want, to, I want you to know what the, what the words are. If you were with us last week, there were a lot of M words, right? It was manna in the middle. And how God ministers in the middle in the, and provides manna. And, and, and in 2021, I want to I kind of keep continue on that, on that alliteration. But not, not M words. I want to talk about a few F words. That got some people's attention. I want to talk this morning about a few F words for 2021. And those F words are forgiving, forgetting, and fruitful. Forgiving, forgetting, and fruitful. And I believe God's going to speak to us in a profound way this day. Forgetting, fruitful, forgiving. Remember the series is called Let It Go, and we'll put it all together here and put a bow on it in just a little while. But the story of Joseph is an amazing story. And and God obviously gave Joseph a dream, right? We, we read about him remembering his dream. In his teenage years, God gave Joseph a picture, a dream, a vision of his future and of his destiny. Joseph was then hated by his brothers because of that dream. His brothers actually lied and told the parents that he had been murdered. And they actually made some money off of him and they sold him into slavery. And that would lead to many or 15 years of pain and suffering. And Joseph was hated. Joseph was abandoned. Joseph became a slave. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Then Joseph became a prisoner. And Joseph was all alone. And yet, he had to overcome that. And he did overcome that to become the second most powerful man, literally, at that time on the planet. About 15 years later, now Joseph is reunited with his brothers, those same ones that sold him into slavery and told the parents that he was murdered. He's reunited with those brothers and he shows them forgiveness. Only God could do that. Now, he didn't just say, I forgive you. This wasn't lip service. It wasn't just, oh, I forgive you. He actually fed them. He clothed them. He gave them water in a drought. He gave them necessities because the Bible said that they were in a great famine at this time. So Joseph didn't kill them, which would have probably been nice, which what what Joseph could have done. I mean, he's the most powerful man besides Potiphar. He could have killed them. He didn't just let them go. He actually blessed them. So how do you get to the point where you can, you know, this is what Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Only God could empower such grace and such mercy. So here's, here, here, we're we're talking about letting it go and, and finding a place of forgiveness. And forgiveness literally means, if you look up the definition, forgiveness actually means to let go or release or to separate from. It, it means, it, it means I, I refuse to hold on to this thing forever. Maybe what happened, Joseph says, you know what, I'm not going to hold on to this thing. What happened to me was real. What happened to me was painful. And the experience, the hurt, and, and, and everything, it scarred me. But I can't hold on to this forever. Jesus calls us to let go. Jesus calls us to to release 
you've been around for any amount of time and you lived on this earth and walked on this, treaded on this this sod as the, as the song goes for any amount of time, you realize though that forgiveness, it, it's a lot more than just lip service preacher. Forgiveness is hard. It's, it's hard. Forgiveness, if forgiveness wasn't hard, the Bible wouldn't be full of commands for us to forgive. It would just happen. Oh, okay. It would just happen. You know, like, hey, hey, we're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good. Then that would be easy and we could just go on. But forgiveness is hard. And I, I think that on a, on a psychological level, kind of an indescribable, in, indefinable level, I think that forgiveness, it kind of helps us. We feel like we're getting some form of, of, of justice. You know, like, I got this anger, I got this bitterness, I got this hatred and this frustration. And it's like, like, like we know better, but there's something inside of us that says, you know what, if, maybe if I can get mad enough, maybe if I can stay mad long enough, you'll change. Maybe if I can get mad enough, I'll get justice. Maybe if I can get mad enough and stay mad enough long enough, I'll find peace. But there's no peace in wrath, the word says. There's no peace in bitterness. There's no hope in anger. So let me just say this. Forgiveness and unforgiveness, neither of them can change our past. Neither of them will change our past. Neither of them will, or they, neither of them do change our past. Forgiveness and unforgiveness, neither of them have any effect on where we've been. However, both of them will impact where we're going. Both of them will impact our future. Forgiveness and unforgiveness. Love or hate, mercy or judgment. Either way, you can't change where you've been or what's happened to you can't change that but it will directly affect where you're going and i want you to see that forgiveness and unforgiveness sort of as a guidance system as a gps system this is taking you somewhere it's it's leading you somewhere and you have to decide what your destination is i love what one author said when i was looking at 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 quotes about forgiveness forgiveness is letting a prisoner go only to discover that prisoner was you. Here at, here at GSN, if you've, if you've come for any amount of time or you've joined us online for any amount of time, I like to say that we live, we live sort of an open-handed life. It's kind of our expression of generosity. You know, when we have an opportunity to help or to serve or to minister or or to to get outside the four walls and make a difference, we do that. We just kind of open our hands. Whatever you want, Lord, the answer is yes. Open hands. Whatever you want me to do, tell me to do it, Lord, and and the answer is yes. We live this open-handed life. We live a life that's, that's like blessed to be a blessing where we can both receive from God and then give it away. And it's impossible if we're holding on to unforgiveness. How can God give me anything if my hands are already full? If I'm holding on to unforgiveness, how can I give, give away anything? How can I offer anything if my hands are closed? Unforgiveness puts me in a position where I have to fend for myself. 
Forgiveness puts me in a position where God can give, lead, and guide as He wills. And now, I know you tell me, preacher, it's just not that easy. I'm self-aware enough to know that that I can see bubbles going up over everyone's heads, and you're going, "Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's good, but but but, preacher, I don't know." Let me just answer a few of you real quick, and we'll answer some more over the next maybe few weeks. We're not going to try and get it all fixed today. We're just kind of getting started, right? So forgiveness does not always lead to the restoration of a relationship. It doesn't always lead there. Some relationships have to end. They just have to. You know, you look, you look at a relationship, not a marriage relationship. I'm not talking about, hear me, church. Maybe, maybe it's a friendship or, or someone that it's just toxic. And there may be forgiveness that happens, but sometimes, you know, we're just not good for each other. So you've got to let that go. Remember the name of the, 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 the title of the sermon. Let it go. Forgiveness doesn't always lead to restoration. Sometimes it leads to closure. Amen? Sometimes it leads to closure. Sometimes it leads to other things. But let me tell you this. It always leads to healing. Forgiveness leads to healing. And I hope somebody puts an amen or two down in the, in the comments underneath. Sometimes we're restored, but sometimes the door is finally closed. But God will heal me in the process. And, 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 and you could say that God healed me. I can't answer for them. I can't answer for you. But God healed me. And forgiveness, hear me too, church. Forgiveness isn't justifying what the other person has done. You're not saying, oh, that's okay. You're not saying that. You're saying, you know what, I forgive you. There's a huge difference. No, it's not all good. We're not all good. Everything's not, hey, we're all good. But I'm trying to get good. You know that hurt that I, I desperately have, that's real. But I also desperately need to be healed. You say to someone, yeah, you, you broke my heart, but I can't live and carry this moment of pain for the rest of my life. I can't handle what today brings me and still be carrying what yesterday gave me. Jesus said, don't worry about the future. Remember when he said that? He said, today has enough problems of its own. Anybody know that to be true? How many times? 2020, right? Prove that a few times. A couple hundred times so far. But not only can I not worry about what I can't worry about my past, I only have grace for right now. Forgiveness means I'm choosing to let go. Forgiveness means I'm choosing to trust God. And forgiveness means I'm choosing to live free. It doesn't give that person a free pass, but it, it frees you. So we're talking about these F words, right? And one of the first words is, everybody perked up again when I said that. It's pretty cool. But the first one is forgetting. And what I want to tell you about forgetting is, and I saw it in the story of Joseph, forgetting happens when you remember. Joseph said, God has made me to forget. Don't try to forget. That doesn't work. You know, you say, well, I'm just going to forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. It's not that easy. Forgive and forget. Oh, just forgive and forget. I'm going to forgive and forget. Listen, instead of trying to forget, 
Focus on what you should remember. Instead of trying to forget, you can't forget. Joseph said, God did this, not me. It's a, God made me forget. God did it. Instead of trying to forget, I choose to focus on what I should remember. Look at Colossians 3. I'll have it on the screen. Colossians chapter 3. In verse 13, it says this. I'm going to just read the B clause. It says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Apostle Paul didn't go, hey, just forgive and forget. Everything's going to be good. Get over it. Toughen up, kid. People have gone through worse. He didn't say that. Paul never tells us to forget. He tells us to remember. He never tells a person to forget. But in forgiveness, he always reminds us in the New Testament, in the epistles, to remember. Paul says you're going to focus on what they did to you or you're going to focus on what Jesus has done for you. But forgetting only happens when I remember. How do I forgive? Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. Everybody say weight. Thank you. I appreciate the six of you. Put weight down in the comments. I love that when I scroll through there later. Look at that. Wait. Paul says this. Well, the writer of Hebrews, I, I think it is Paul. Lay aside every weight and sin. Everybody say sin. Listen, real quick. Weights aren't always sin. But weights become sin. Letting go of the weight and the sin which also, which clings so closely, clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I love the next part. Looking to Jesus. How do I let go of the weight? How do I let go of the sin? How do I get that, that clingy thing off me? Off my soul? Verse 2. Look to Jesus. Looking at Jesus. Look to him. The perfecter. The founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is now seated at the right hand. Of the throne of God. The writer of Hebrews warns us. That there are sins. There are weights. And they're distracting us. They're stopping us from running our race. These weights that are so heavy. And clingy. How can we, how can we get these clingy things off? Well, what does he say? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. God, he's now seated at the right hand, calm. He just sat down. Jesus just sits down. These things, these, these, the weights and the sin, they're distracting us from walking in our calling, from fulfilling what God has for us. These, these things, they cling to us. They get on us. They're hard to remove. 
But the writer says that we can let go of the weights. Let go of the sin. But it's going to take looking at Jesus. I got an illustration I want to share with you. I don't know if the camera will follow me over here. Goodness. How am I going to look at my notes? Give me a minute. Almost. So we got these weights. I got these weights. Just some just some 20s. Some light work. Right? Some light work. But we carry around these weights. I'll pick them up again. Don't judge me, y'all. These are 20s. That's enough. Now, really, they don't feel heavy yet. They actually feel kind of good for me. You know? Feel kind of good. Just kind of stretching things out a little bit. And sometimes you're carrying things around, right? You're carrying some things. You're carrying some hatred. You're carrying some bitterness. You're carrying some frustration. And this is, you know, right about now. And it starts to, starts to hurt a little bit. And it slows you down a little bit. But we begin to justify living with this stuff. And we carry them around. We, we live with trauma. We live with, with weights in our hands. And God never designed us or gave us the grace to carry these weights. Because anything God told you to let go, you don't have the strength to hold on to. Anything that God told you to let go of, there's not grace available to hold on to that. But we hold on to it anyway. And I can tell you, 30 seconds later, a minute later, these are getting kind of heavy. You know, my fingers are cramping up. I kind of feel some sweat going down the back of my neck. I feel some sweat on my forehead right now. I'm hurting. My, my forearm, forearms are kind of burning. And it would be real hard, right, to worship Jesus like this. Oh, Lord. Real tough. Some of you are going, why can't I feel God? Why can't I sense God? Why can't I go after God? And that sweet little worship leader is telling you, come on, let's lift our hands in worship. And you go, oh, I don't want to do this. You want to receive from God, but your hands are full. You're carrying the weight around. And in some way you think that, that the pain is hurting them. I'm talking about forgiveness. And somehow you think that the weight is hurting the offender. They don't even know you're carrying it. And instead of looking at the wounds and the scars of Jesus, we're aware of our own. And the scariest thing about carrying the weight, that we think, we think that our pain is justifiable in that we're carrying it. But in the reality, it's just self-righteousness. And so we're right, carrying the weights, we're right there. And it's hard to worship Jesus when we're carrying the weight around. Oh, that feels good. Woo. Now i got this going on. But it feels so good to let that stuff go. It feels so good to let those weights go. It feels so good to forgive. And the pain, it felt good at first, but it got really bad really quick. And forgive. 
unforgiveness, it feels really good at first because it's, it's my thing against you, right? You're wrong and I'm right. And I don't need to forgive anybody. Maybe you are right, but you were never designed to carry that around. So you end up focusing on yourself and you never look at Jesus, as the word says. But if you could ever look at him, the first thing he would do is he would say, cast your care. Can you cast your cares on me? Because I care for you. Can I carry that? Jesus would say. Because I can do that. I can handle it. I know it's heavy for you. It's too much for you because you know why? It was never designed for you to carry in the first place. And it, it's even terrible that they're even in your hands. And it's, 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 I, it's terrible that, that they were given to you. It's terrible that you had to experience that. But Jesus says, I can take it from you. Jump back to our, our, our story. Joseph is now face to face with his brothers after 15 years. And he looks at his brothers. And I love this idea. He looks at his brothers and they don't even recognize him. He's now an Egyptian. He has shaved his head. He's got makeup on. He's in the full Egyptian royal garb. And they have no idea who he is. And he looks at them. And the Bible said he breaks down and he started weeping. And the Bible doesn't say that that he remembered the pain. Remember what he had gone through. The Bible doesn't say he remembered the lying. The Bible doesn't say he remembered the pit. The Bible doesn't say that he remembered the prison. The Bible says, and remember our little verse, that he looked at his brothers and he wept and he remembered the dream. Joseph was only able to forget that pain because he remembered the dream. And here's what it means. It means that the memory that I allow to take up residence in my heart will become that GPS, will become the compass that directs my future. Forgive and forget is not the way you've always heard it. Because I've taught it for years and talked about it for years. You can't forgive and forget, right? Really? That's a lie of culture. Don't let that get in your head. You can't forgive and forget. But when I talk about forgive and forget, this is what I mean. It's on the screen. Forgive and forget means I refuse to let the pain of a moment define the rest of my life. Think about Joseph. He refused to let the pain of a moment in time define the rest of his life. Now, that doesn't mean the memory is just erased. It doesn't mean that, that it's gone, but the authority of that memory has been stripped. Can I get an amen on that? That's forgive and forget. It's not leaving my mind, but it's been uprooted from my heart. It doesn't leave my memory but it's no longer dictating where I go. And so now I can look at you like Joseph looked at his brothers uh, in the natural. I should want to kill them. Joseph should want to kill them brothers for what he did to him. But by the grace of God, Joseph says, Joseph says, I'll feed you. I'll feed you. I'll clothe you. Let's get through it. Forgiveness. The other thing about forgiveness is that it's a process. It's not instantaneous. God made me to forget, Joseph said. And the word made is a really cool word. Made, making is a building word. It's like you make something. It takes time. It takes work. It takes will, determination. I'm making something. It doesn't happen overnight. God has to make this in me. 
It's going to take determination. That's why you can have a real emotional moment, maybe like a moment that you might have today that you're going to go, God, oh God, I forgive, I, I forgive, I let it go. I, I'll never be bitter again. And then, you know, you let all this stuff go in a moment, but it doesn't wipe it from your memory because then you see them on social media and you're just like, oh, I just want to, mm, and you, get, you dig right in again. And you go, oh, I thought I was free. No, you're getting free. God is making you. It's a process. He's making you to forget. And a lot of things we never end up forgiving because we were never committed to the process. Because we think everything is instantaneous deliverance. That's not how it works. Because God is making you. And while he's making you to forget, he's also making you. He's forming you. And when I think of a process... In the making of something. I hope this comes across on your screens. But when I think of a process and making and something that that is complicated and, and, and you have to make it, I think of one of these. How many of you, uh, uh, like me, cringe when you hear the word Ikea? Because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Because one of these comes in one of these. This is in that. And you scratch your head and you think, I know what it's supposed to look like, but that's not what I see. So you need to make this from this. But God, I, I want it instant. I want it right now, God. I want that that to be gone from my life, the forgiveness, amen, and you say the amen. And God says, yeah, I want to give you, I want to get you there, but you need to go through this first. You need to go through the process first. You need to go through the making first. God says, yeah, I want to give you the blessing. I want that to be yours. But there's a process you need to go through. Remember, Joseph had to go through some making. He was in the pit, the prison, the prison, and the palace. Because Joseph had a call on his life, yes, to raise up millions of people. He's got a call in his life to lead Egypt. Egypt. He's got a call to carry the weight of the moment. But Jesus, or Joseph said, I have this calling. Why am I in this prison? But you won't be able, Joseph, to carry that. Unless you go through this. And so, how can I trust you, Joseph, to lead millions if I can't trust you to forgive 12? How can I trust you to feed millions of people if you can't feed your brothers? Joseph, how can I trust you to take care of a nation if you can't take care of your family? Joseph, I have to trust you with this in order to give you this. Because that, Joseph, is for everybody. But this is for you. And so God gives us this this instruction manual, this Ikea manual, this instruction book called His Word. And sometimes we don't like or want the process. We just want the we just want the instant, right? We don't like the process. 
Let me just remind you that unforgiveness is a process as well. Unforgiveness is a process as well. Pastor, I don't want to count the cost of forgiveness. But the cost of unforgiveness is way more expensive. I'm either build I'm building something in my life. I'm either building forgiveness or bitterness, grace or wrath, love or hate, freedom or bondage. I'm building something. And I'm either in the process of letting go or I'm in the, in the process of letting that unforgiveness grow down deeper and deeper and deeper in me. I'm either like what the apostle Paul prayed that that my roots would grow down deep in the love of Jesus. Or, the Bible talks about roots somewhere else. I'm allowing a root of bitterness to grow in my heart. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up. You can't let it grow up because if you do, it'll trouble and defile many, the the word says. Defile many. One of the greatest lies that I believe unforgiveness from the enemy that comes comes this it says unforgiveness you can you can just hate one person you can just i know you peace and love and forgiveness for almost everyone but the enemy says you it's okay i know what they did to you you can withhold forgiveness from just one person the enemy would have us believe but the reality is that the root of bitterness will always defile many the word says if you don't forgive your father you'll end up hating all men. If you don't forgive your ex-wife, you'll never be able to love your current wife. If you can't forgive that authority figure, you will end up hating all authority figures. If you can't love one race, you'll end up hating all people. Because it's a root of bitterness that ends up defiling many. In other words, it, it, it gets on everything and you think, well, I can have this kind of side little little unforgiveness or side little hatred against him or her or them or, or against a group of people or, or I can sort of secretly hate this one little kind of clique over here because, well, I, I know you know what they did for me. But you can't just do that for one group or one person because it's a root of bitterness and roots tend to go down deep and spread. The reality is it's going to affect every other thing. By the way, that's why you have to forgive your last church or your last pastor or two pastors or three pastors ago. That's why you have to forgive those people too. Because I know y'all y'all love the new the, the pastor, right? I know y'all. I feel it. I know. I know. I feel the love. I really do. I really do. And And, and, and you know when the pastor... I mean, I've been here a few years now, but, you know, uh, you, you, man, this pastor, he, he's funny, he, he's anointed, he preaches the word, he's great, the great preaching. I feel it. I do. I feel the love. But if you don't forgive them, I'll just be the next guy on your hit list. Pastor, you're the real deal, bro, man. You're, you're the real deal. You're not like these other guys in town. Or the, Let me tell you, we're both human. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But if you have some kind of unresolved offense, eventually I will trigger whatever that wound is and then the offense leaves them and now it's on me. And then you leave here and you go to the next place and the next place and the next place. And you just can't allow it. 
You got to speak life. Speak life. And by the way, you, you have to forgive them so that you can receive from from the new pastor. You have to forgive them so you can receive from where you are now. You have to forgive people so that you can receive. Like I have to forgive people too so that I can love properly. I can love you all properly. I don't know if y'all know this, but you know the pastor's considered the shepherd, right? And I don't know if y'all know this, but sheep bite. I found that out in 2020. I got some bite marks on me. Sheep, you think you got it all taken care of. You think you're doing the right thing. And ah, sheep bite. And I had to forgive some people this year. I need to forgive because I can't go into Sunday morning mad at them and take it out on you. You know, some preachers will do that. They'll have a grudge against someone else and it just comes out on the rest of the congregation and that's not fair. I have to forgive anybody who's hurt me so that I can never, ever, ever lead you from a place of pain. I have to be being made. I have to be in process. I have to be building. I have to be always being built in this process by God or I'll hurt the people God's called me to bless. Lastly, our last word, forgiveness brings fruitfulness. Forgiveness brings fruitfulness. God has caused me to forget, made me forget. And in verse 52, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Ah, I just love this. And I'm, I'm so happy we're closing with this. Joseph doesn't deny that there was suffering. He said, God made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. There was some stuff I went through. But Joseph just knows that God's ability to make him fruitful is more powerful than the enemy's ability to make him suffer. God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I can't do anything about my past, anything about the suffering that I've gone through, he says, but I can have a fruitful future. I can have a fruitful future, future, painful past, fruitful future terrible moments that you, that, that you may have been through. They made you suffer, but God has made you fruitful. They hurt me, but God healed me. They broke my heart, but God put it back together better than ever before. They tried to stop me. God sustained me. Joseph would say, they threw me in a pit and God elevated me. They locked me up in a prison and God set me free. They broke me, but God mended me. See, Joseph knew what it was like to suffer. He knew what it was like, and he didn't deny that. He didn't deny his suffering. But he chose to look at that as him being made. That's part of the process. And forgiveness is a process. And as we close, I appreciate you hanging in there with me this morning. I think this is important stuff. I think that forgiveness needs to be right up there on the top of our list for 2021. If, if in fact we do look at that as a new year, if in fact we do look at that as sort of a fresh start at times, uh, I would pray that forgiveness 
would be on the top of your list to get done. Because it, it will set you free. You're not giving someone else a pass. You're, you're not forgetting what they did. You don't, but you remember. You remember the things you should remember. God wants nothing more than to set you free. And maybe that freedom starts with forgiveness. See, freedom, another F word. There is freedom in forgiveness. It will set you free. Let's pray. Lord, as we have heard from your word, and just scratching the surface, Lord, on the uh, uh, about the story of Joseph and, and the forgiveness that he showed. And God, everything that he had been through, God, I think we could look back, many of us at this last year, and say, yeah, we've been through some stuff in 2020. And Lord, if the reality were to come upon us that 2020 is gone and we have been through some stuff, Immediately, some of our heads go to COVID-19 and the virus and, and the pandemic. But God, truthfully, if none of that had come into our lives this past year, we would still be able to stand at this pulpit and say, yeah, God, 2020, we've been through some stuff. Because God, we're in this process. You're, you're making us more Christ-like. We're in the process we are not the finished product. We won't know that until we stand with you in glory. But God, during this time we are here, during our lives, we are constantly being made by you and formed by you. We are clay in your hands. So I pray, Lord, that this word forgiveness would not just be another Nicety would not just be uh, words that come off of our lips saying, oh, well, yeah, we'll forgive. But God, might it take root in our hearts so that, God, we can find it in you looking at your grace and your mercy and how you've forgiven us so that, God, we can forgive others. God, help us to not hold on to that little secret unforgiveness that we have this person or or that group of people or or this person or that one or him or her or them God will help us not to say well we can we can practice forgiveness for everyone but them God help us to let it go help us God to let it go beginning right now in this new year and I know, Lord, there are some of us that are joining us this morning, God, that have deep, deep, deep-rooted bitterness in their lives. And God, would they take those roots and just yank them out and give them to you? And God, would you destroy that root of bitterness that is so present in so many people's lives? And that they might be able, be able to start this process of forgiveness 
so that they too will know peace and know freedom. God, help us to sort of take inventory of those who we need to forgive. It doesn't mean we give them a free pass and say what they did to us is okay. And maybe it won't restore a relationship, but God, maybe it'll bring closure and for sure it'll bring healing. God, forgiveness is something we need to deal with. Forgiveness is is personal. Whether the other people accept that forgiveness or not, Lord, we need to let it go. We need to let it go. Turn it over to you and receive the freedom that is found in you, God. Oh, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing even in our midst right now. I pray, Lord, that lives would be changed, hearts would be mended. I pray, God, that relationships would be restored where they need to be. And I pray, Lord, that they would end where they need to end. And that they would end with grace. God, above all, I pray that that people would seek forgiveness. God, you forgave us. And Lord, I'd be remiss if we didn't realize, Lord, that there are some joining us this morning, God, that may not have a relationship with you at all. Or it might have been a long time, Lord, since they've taken some time And let you be the Lord of their life. So God, I pray that as we start 2021. And Lord, we are are in our minds hitting that reset button. I pray, Lord, that they would come to salvation in you. That they would fully trust you in 2021. Not put their trust anywhere else. God, that we would all look to you for our hope that we would all look to you for the answers that we need and find that peace that we so desperately long for. God, we will give you the praise and all the glory. We rest in you this morning. And God, as we leave this time of worship, might we not depart from your presence. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We lift your name above all names. The things we've asked for and requested this morning, God, we've asked this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and for his sake, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us online this morning. I love you. I love being your pastor. I pray for you. Pray for me. We'll see you all right here next week. God bless you.